as we open up your Bibles. We had our scripture reading for this morning, looking at Luke, uh, the fourth chapter. We're going to be there on this morning. If you can help me announce this title to your neighbor, tell them the gift of transformation. If you look to the other side, make sure they don't feel left out. Tell them the gift of transformation. this morning, I believe it was read verses 16 to 30. I want to uh, highlight a few more verses uh, in our reading. I'm going to look at verses 31 and 32 and verses 36 and 37. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Uh, gracious Father, Lord, we come to you right now, God, truly designed for your word to minister to us, your people. Lord, we pray right now, let it be all of you, O Lord. Uh, none of this vessel. Uh, may we see your power. May we see your glory. May hearts be convicted and encouraged and challenged and charged to be obedient unto your word, we pray. Amen. As we're celebrating the Advent, celebrating the coming of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, we understand that in his first appearance, he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Y'all catch that? In his first appearance, he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. We are very familiar in John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, someone sent me a text message that says sometimes we get so uh, uh, in hurry to get to the son, we forget the first five words, for God so loved the world. <laughs> and, 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 and we need to look into the process of how he loves us, that he loves us enough that he did not come to condemn us, to punish us, to judge us, but he came to save us. If you can just think about for a moment how good it is that I remember the horrible term my mom would say to me when I acted up, wait till your daddy get home. That was not a term of redemption. That was a term of punishment. But yet we can look in a point that we can't wait for our Christ to come because it's not a term of punishment, but it's a term of redemption. So we in this season we hear people want to say Santa Claus is coming to town because he's bearing gifts. But our God came bearing a gift that never runs out. You know, people want new gifts every Christmas, but we want the same gift every Christmas. <laughs> Can I get some more peace, some more joy, some more love? And, and what I'm glad about that God points out to us, what I give you, you'll never run out of. And so in this gifts we talked about, we talked about the gift of direction. We, talk, we dealt with how he was the light, how we need to come to the light. And also we want to look in the process of how he's also the gift of transformation. So not only does he give us direction, he gives us salvation, but now he can change us. Tell your neighbor he can change you. But as we look at this change, if you can join with me in Luke 4th chapter, look in those verses uh, 31 and 32, verses 36 and 37, to give us more of a context to go along with our morning reading, and so that you can stay with me, because I'm going to walk us through this text. Verse 31 says, Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Verse 36 and verse 37. Amazed, the people exclaimed, what authority and power this man's words possess, even 
evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. Praise God for his word. You may be seated, those who are standing. Amen. Jesus came to bring changes to our lives. And, and he realized that our lives needed changing. And he came to bring transformation is a radical change from how things once were to how things can be. He came to bring direction and show us his marvelous light. He came to save the lost and turn the dead alive. This also involves changing us, and Jesus is able to make that change. He is the missing ingredient in our life that brings everything together. There is a song that states Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. However, we can find people still reject Jesus, therefore reject the change they need, and rather to accept him, they embrace their problems and their hurt and their pains and realize, not realizing this is what's holding them back. How is that, you say? Well, if you look at earlier in the text, verse 16, he was not accepted in his own home. <laughs> you see here, regularly he went into the temple in his own home, they weren't amazed. Go to Capernaum, regularly he goes into the temple, they're amazed. He looks at this and realizes that I've come to help you out, but I, can't, I won't force myself upon you. It's up to you to accept him. But we find out here in this gift of transformation, we find out that people are dealing and suffering because of their rejection of him. Look at this rejection. They could not believe that he was fulfillment of the scripture. He opened up the word, read the word, said it was fulfilled in your hearing. They're like, how can this be? Why was he rejected? One, they were rejected because of their familiarity with him. Uh, we know who he is. We know that he's a carpenter's boy. We know Joseph. We know Mary. How dare he come up and say he's a fulfillment of what we've been hoping for? Because what we have been hoping for, we have imagined, we have envisioned it, and it doesn't look like this. And since it did not look like that, look what happened upon them. They started scorning him and rejecting him. That you look, they pushed him out to the cliff. Not only did they reject God's word, they reject what they heard, they also reject being in the presence of his holiness. How much more so we see this in this world when people reject Christ. They reject his word. And reject his word, they reject his glory, they reject his holiness, and they have so much darkness in their life. Because you know why they have darkness in their life? Because they took the light out. Darkness is the absence of light. And so when they push the light out, they embrace the darkness, not knowing the darkness is the very thing that is killing them and the light came to save them, but they rather hold on to the darkness and not cling unto the light. Christ showed them in their rejection that he looks at them and Jesus says this to them. He says, you are looking at me and you don't know what you're looking at. I, I, I can see him looking at them and saying, you are full of doubt. I'm about to teach. I'm going to get to how we started teaching them. But just look among ourselves and just think about how you know what God has told you. 
you know how God has purposed you, but also you know there's other people that want to tell you who they think you are, what you should do, how you should act. And the problem is that they have good intentions, but they're not right. God is not a man that he shall lie. No, the son of man that he shall repent. Will he not say? Will he not do? In other words, saying this, that when God says something, it's always right. God sent the son. The people rejected the son. They had the nerve to reject the son and tell him he was wrong when he showed enough was right. Can I help somebody out? There's people out there right now trying to tell you how wrong you are, how you shouldn't do some stuff. You shouldn't do that. You should do this. And you can just point out and just look at them saying, but I'm going to trust <laughs> in the Lord. I'm going to listen to him and not to you. I, I'm going to truly, truly put all my knowledge and understanding based on him and not lean to my own understanding. But truly know he will direct me. He'll make crooked paths straight. He is my rock. He is my refuge. So I will put my trust in him. And when you realize that, you can realize they can call you all kind of names, but realize that your name is beautiful in the Lord's lips. The Bible reminds us that Jesus is interceding on our behalf daily unto the Lord. So everybody can have their mouth, their names in their mouth, but you're going to be glad that when you know Jesus, your name is in his mouth. Which means this, they can talk all they want, but their word is not as heavy as the heavyweight. Because what he says, things start happening. Am I right about it? I heard a preacher say it this way, that he, said, he told that water to turn to wine, the water blushed. <laughs> and it turned into wine. That we understand that when God speaks, things just change. But when people speak, things just stay the same. Why? Because they have opinions. They don't have facts. I think you should. I think you should. Well, let's look what the word says. It's amazing how when you can bring up the word, how all of a sudden the conversation might change. You see how Christ brought himself up in the conversation that rejected him. No, that, that ain't right. I, I was okay when you was reading the text, but you had the nerve to say it was fulfilled. Nah, I don't agree with that. And since I don't agree with that, let me give you some reason why, because I know who you are. And since I know who you are, it cannot be done. And so look how he says, well, you want to reject me. Then you're rejecting my presence. And since you're rejecting my presence, look what happens. Then you are limiting and removing the possibility of healing and transformation and miracles and wonders and signs to happen in your life. Y'all see how when people reject Christ, they reject healing. They reject transformation. They reject seeing his glory. Jesus was trying to reach out to his own folks, <laughs> people in his backyard, but, but they, they were not looking to receive him. So look, he had to go somewhere else. So look at his correction. Seeing the doubters, he tells them, no doubt you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. You, you so bad, do it now. Do you understand how not only are we might be familiar with this, but it sounds kind of familiar that when we celebrate his crucifixion on the cross, did it not say, come down from that cross? You so bad, save yourself. It's amazing that how 
doubters will refuse to trust and believe in the one true and living God because they are living in a time of uh, you got to show it to me in order to believe it. But even when they see it, they don't believe it. So since he understands how they're going to quote to him the prophet, second he points to them how they have little faith. Look how he shows them a little bit. And this is when they really got upset. They said, okay, I hear you on that proverb. That's one thing. But now he went to the Bible on them again. He says, that you, you, you know Elijah, the prophet, and there was a lot of widows around his time when there was a famine. But not a widow in Israel was blessed. No, God sent him over to Sidon. To, to, uh, and, and, uh, and Zarephath to bless a widow. The miracle was nowhere in Israel because of their, their waywardness and their unfaithfulness and them worshiping of idol gods that he went outside the region to be a blessing. Now they, now they probably getting hotter. He's talking about Elijah, man. We, that's our prophet. That's the one. Went up in a fiery chair, the one that's going to come back again. He, he going to talk about Elijah like that? He said, I'm not done yet. <laughs> but yet, uh, I remember Elisha had, there was a lot of lepers uh, in Elisha's time too. But not, not one of them of Israel were healed, but a Syrian, Naaman, was healed. Now they got mad. They two great prophets, the ones that they love and like. They say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we're not like them. We're not rejecting God's prophet. Yes, you are. It's amazing how blind people can be to the darkness that they don't see the hurt and the pain that they're in and the hurt that they're causing upon themselves because of their lacking, believing that God can do something through simplicity. You understand that Jesus was a poor man, right? Working as a carpenter's son. His mama didn't have enough for the sacrifice that they could not bring a lamb. They had to bring two turtle doves and a pigeon we understand that they were in, in, in low estates, but yet our Lord and Savior said he came humbly to exalt us. But they could not grasp that because what they were looking for, it was not what they were seeing. And so when they rejected him and pushed him out, it reminds us of those who reject Christ and push him out. How do their lives look? Lives are full of darkness, full of pain, full of hurt full of depression. And Jesus said, that's why I came. Because <laughs> look, look what he read to them. He read to them why he came. He came for what purpose? He came to bring sight to the blind. He came to set liberty. He came to proclaim the good news. But yet they could not receive that. But Capernaum could. He went to Capernaum and went there into the synagogue and preached at the gospel to the poor, and they were excited about it. They came really to be rich by the word. They, they came to see the kingdom of God and, and see what was before them. He came to healing the brokenhearted, and those who were Capernaum, they were full of death and despair and depression, just like they were in Nazareth, but yet they were able to have healing for their hearts. He can fix them and, they, and bring change in their lives. He came to proclaim deliverance to the captives. You know what that means, right? He came to set slaves free. Harriet Tubman said it this way. She said she could have freed more slaves if she could convince them that they were slaves. We have some people here now don't think that they're slaves to sin. So that's why they can't be set free. I'm good now. You heard the story about the dog laying on the nail. Saying, why is that dog laying on the nail? Because it hasn't hurt him enough to move. 
not until we realize that we're in pain, that we're in trouble, that we're in bondage, that we find out what freedom is, that we want some freedom. Jesus came to let us know that I came to make the blind see, give, heal the broken heart, and set the captives free. Recovering sight to the blind was not only physically blind, but also those who were spiritually blind. He gave the account of the one who was born blind. They said, why was he born blind? Somebody must have said, must have been him, must have been his mama, must have been his daddy. Somebody, he's, Jesus says, nope, 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 all that was wrong. He was born blind so that the glory of God could be displayed. Some of us are going through some circumstances in our lives. We're trying to figure out why they we're going through. Did I do something wrong? Did my mama do something wrong? Did my daddy do something wrong? But God has said, I have you going to do just for my glory. Yeah. We'll be displayed. Just tell your neighbor, hold out. <laughs> hold on. Glory is on the way. Because when you just let God be God, it's amazing. Our circumstance just change. And he came to proclaim the great message of himself. So when he set the liberty free, set liberty to those who are bruised and crushed, and when you look up that word liberty, is also the same used for a word for forgiveness, for remission, to remit, to release. And I don't know what you're going through, but I can agree with you, and you can probably agree with me, that when you are going through sin issues in your life, it feels like you're crushed. It feels like you're bruised. It feels like you're heavy. And, and and as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how when you go swimming, you always want stuff to hold on to to hold you up or you put floaties on. But if you are holding a brick or something heavy, it's only going to make you sink. In order for you to rise above, you got to let go of what's holding you down. And Jesus says, I came to release you. Of what is holding you down. Sin is trying to hold you down, but I came to set you free <laughs> from the bondage of sin. I've come to declare the kingdom in the favorable year of the Lord. And so we see how he, he, he opened up with this word and they rejected it. He didn't force it upon them. He just simply read it to them. Said this has been fulfilled. And, and, and just get, grab this. All of this has been fulfilled. He says, look, I'm your hope. <laughs> I'm whom you've been waiting for. I can heal the blind. I can, I can heal the broken heart. I can bring transformation to those who are bonded and locked up. I can do that for you. They said, we don't believe you. So he went on to another city. And they were amazed. They saw a demon spirit rebuked. And it says, wow, even evil spirits obey his command. His fame spread and spread because of the testimony that was done. Do you see here that the transformation is possible when we just accept Christ for who he is? That we don't try to make him who we want him to be. But we accept him for who he is. We cannot make him as our Santa Claus that he only bears gifts. We cannot make him as a bank as he's only going to give me financial situations. We cannot make him only as a doctor as I only come to him when I'm time of sickness. But we need to realize that he is ruler, he is sovereign, he is God all by himself. And only him do I put my trust through the good and through the bad. I know that my God is still God. And Jesus came to change our lives, to remove us from the darkness into his marvelous, like can you tell your neighbor's marvelous? <laughs> 
And when we realize this gift of transformation, this marvelous light, someone explained to me about the gift of photography, that when you take pictures on old school film, you know, old school film, not the digital one that you just plug it into your computer, you got it right there. But if you take a picture on an old film, you know you got to develop it in a dark room. And the reason why you have to develop it in a dark room, you have to slowly allow light to bring the picture out. Because if you expose light too much, too quickly to it, it's ruined. God is the light. And he couldn't expose us too quickly to that light. He realized there's some changes that have to happen in your life. So I'm going to give you the exact replication of my image in Jesus Christ to come and start shining light in your life. And as soon as that light starts shining on our pictures, we start developing some character. You know, start light starts shining on the picture, starts forming. You can start recognizing, oh, I think I recognize this picture. And it's not until it's ready that you can fully see the conduct and the character of that picture that you can now expose it to the light. Anybody here tired of being in the dark room? <laughs> just let Jesus shine on you just a little bit longer. <laughs> and as you get better, as you get stronger, as you get brighter, you can be out in the light. You can shine in the light. You can show everybody I've been changed. I've been changed. I've been changed. Glory. Hallelujah. Good God from Zion. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to tell somebody I've been changed. I've been in the dark room, but the light shined on me. I found my character. I found my nature, and I can shine. So let the Lord transform you. <laughs> let his light shine on you. And realize that this gift will keep on giving. It'll keep on giving. And he won't force you. But you could just say, humbly, I come, O oh Lord. And God can do amazing and wonderful things in your life. Tell your neighbor, God can do amazing and wonderful things in your life. So forget about those naysayers. Forget about those that have their own opinion. <laughs> they don't have the final say-so. Our God's word is greater, stronger, and better than what anybody else has to say. Let's turn to our God. Oh, hallelujah, mighty God. We worship and we magnify your God just for your power, just for your strength. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that no matter what we are going through, almighty God, you can bring us through. Lord, that your, your glory is wonderful, your love is magnificent, your grace is sufficient. Father, we need you. Lord, we need you better than we ever have before. And, Lord, we, we thank you, God, that you have not given up on us. You did not come to condemn us, but you've come to save us. So, Lord, here we are. We are yours. Have your way right now, Almighty God. Remove everything, Lord, that needs to be removed. Expose every darkness in our lives. And may you bring out, Almighty God, your character, your conduct within us, O oh God, that we will reveal the picture.